In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Oh, yeah. This whole time. Oh, yeah. He does yeah. this every time when I don't. I was talking about checking my grocery list one time and he included in the bloopers at the end. Oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. Today we have a special guest for you. We have Christopher Paris. Say hi. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> he is the founder of Oxbridge Quality Resources International and ISO 9001 and AS9100 consulting firm. He also reports on issues related to the ISO standards development process and the accredited certification scheme. I think we're gonna get into that. Acting as an unofficial watchdog for the industry. <laughs> His clients have included Northrop, Grumman, NASA, and SpaceX. Very cool for me. Kyle was very <laughs> excited to read that. He likes oh, yeah. NASA and well, SpaceX. That was, uh, that was my childhood dream was I was gonna work for NASA someday. And I came real close to actually getting a contract with them last year, but government shutdown happened, and there's a big change up, and everyone's roles after, and I can't talk yeah. no one out. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. That would have been a cool gig, but it might come back. It might, it might. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'll be patient. Mm -hmm. Figure, you know, we waited thirty something years to get that phone call. I can wait a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got Kyle and Chris here. Um, we were just talking about their competitors a little bit but not really because there's yeah. enough business out there that they can both be consultants and we can still be friends yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> and today i think they well i know they want to talk about the problems facing the iso certification scheme and the iso standards development process mm -hmm. so again i think i'm going to kind of step back i'll ask questions if i have questions which may be often but um you guys go at it yeah so we first kind of got in touch when uh, Darcy and I shared the the podcast about the ITC uh, plant explosion, mm -hmm. and um, so I think you you'd commented on that article, and that's kind of how we got in touch. And I mean, really fascinated with some of the uh, the work they have out there because being in the industry for a while, you know, this is something I've seen is that not all certifying bodies are created equal. Yeah, and some of them are pretty happy to just issue a cert, and it's a really this poor audit yeah. um, and it seems like this is a lot of the realm that you kind of like to uh, review and critique yeah yeah and all that came about by accident um, I never planned to be the guy that I am now uh, in this role uh, I got in got I started in this in 99 and uh, and, and it already been work I started as a consultant in 99 but it already been working for about 10 years I, my first implementation was in 89 so the standard was only like a year old, less than a year old, right? Wow. So I've been working, with, and I really drank the Kool-Aid, and I and I, you know, uh, I thought ISO was the greatest thing, and I actually made a career choice not to go back to school and get a chemistry degree, and instead uh, pursue this, which really? now in retrospect was a really really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is, and now I'm stuck. Um, but uh, and then slowly over time, I I did uh, you know I. Uh, 
you know, started building up clients and started getting interested to go on the standards committees and started participating in, in the TAG 176, the rights, the ISO standard and, and ASQ. And um, I started asking naive questions, really, really naive questions. And then the reactions I was getting were a mix of like shock and horror and anger. And right. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and I'm, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of mystified by some of it too. It's just irrational. But um, and then uh, that led to me starting to continue to ask those questions. And now it's now I'm the only guy asking them. So the only reason that I'm at all have a role in this industry that I do, like a whistleblower or, or watchdog, is simply because no one else is doing it. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm just filling a vacuum, and I'm glad to give up that vacuum if somebody else wants to take it over. Because <laughs> it's too much stress. <laughs> So um, what are you whistleblowing? Are you looking at the standards that they're maybe not exactly accurate? Or are you focusing more on the certifying bodies? So there's okay. two there's two angles of attack, and now I call them angles of attack because now it now it's a there's an actual plan, there's a strategy, there's a long game that's playing out here. It's no longer me just uh, making it up as I go along. Now there's an actual <laughs> there's a there's a chessboard that's being played out, and I'm ten moves ahead. But um, it's two it's two problems simultaneously. One is the is the problems with how the standards are made, mm -hmm. which is unfair to standards users. The the ISO standard in particular is intentionally complicated and intentionally big mm -hmm. to increase the page count, which increases the cost because ISO is a publishing company and they have mm -hmm. to make money. And it's intentionally complicated because the guys who wrote it are the consultants who then sell the services to decipher it. And uh, the other problem is this is the accredited certification scheme is the fact that they're giving these certs away like water, to, like mm -hmm. candy to everybody. Everybody passes now. Nobody fails. Yep. And then that's one problem. But even after a company is found to have done really, really bad things, whether it's accidentally released defective product or intentionally um, or committed crimes, the certification bodies continue to give them the cert. Mm -hmm. And they retain their certification. And uh, and for now, I'm the only guy asking these questions and, and reporting on it. Uh, well, again, you have all this really, really fascinating for me because before we got in contact, I was um, talking to a, a CNC machine company here uh, locally, and they were looking at getting um, the, their ISO certification moved over to a new registrar. Right. And I was kind of taken aback because I've never heard of someone actively choosing to switch, you know, midstream. And it's not even they were switching at uh, the next uh, certification round. There was total midstream switch. And so it turns out that um, there had been some bribery with the previous uh, quality manager and the auditor there. And then they found that this went up the chain a little ways. And so they had a, you know, series of audit reports that were just totally worthless. I want all the details. <laughs> off, off air. Yeah. We'll yeah. get all the details. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I've run into this same certifying body um, elsewhere. And each time that I've run into them, I am just totally taken aback that this company is certified. You know, because this is me coming in uh, from the perspective of a consultant or a second-party auditor. And so I'm just sharing the, the, the work, and it's just I'm dumbfounded that an auditor put their name next to this certification. I would not put my name next to that. Right. Um, and so I started running into stuff like that. But um, previously, when I first started working in uh, quality, um, I kind of got tossed in. I was the uh, IT guy at my company. And so they're like, hey, we need uh, quality program and health and safety, environmental stuff. You're smart. Go do it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much how it worked. And so I started doing it and I started looking at uh, getting us uh, certified. 
And so a consultant that we had loosely used also worked for a certifying body, which I thought was kind of odd to begin with, but I didn't really know much better at the time. And uh, so he said, well, I can't be your auditor, but someone else can. I was like, okay, well, that I guess that makes sense. So give me a quote. And simultaneously, I was getting quotes from other places, too, because you know, it's a smart thing to do. And uh, they were half the price, and they were going to audit less days. I'm just kind of scratching my head like this doesn't, this doesn't compute. Um, how can you be so much cheaper and do it so much faster than anyone else? So I asked them to send me their, uh, their certificate, and total bull, total bull crap. I mean, absolutely. I, I looked up the the cert. The registrar didn't check out. The website for the registrar that supposedly accredited them um, was developed by um, uh, uh, Network Solutions. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't right. And, and later, two or three years later, I found out that they got sued and they folded. And it was it was all a lie. Well, I think yeah. that's where it comes in. Like you were saying earlier, it's so big, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know to not trust. Yeah. certifying bodies. So that would have been a certificate mill, right? That's what we call, I, I coined the phrase years ago, certificate mill to represent, <clears throat> it's sort of like a diploma mill. You can get your university mm-hmm. diploma, uh, you know, uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's how I got my medical degree. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and I'll be offering free surgery to anybody who, who who's interested. I think I'm going to pass on that uh, one. Yeah, and uh, I'm also uh, a lawyer and uh, and a plumber. Uh, but and then but we have these these companies that are unaccredited and they're issuing certificates uh, and they're they're you know for 500 bucks you can buy one. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what you I think you encountered. Yeah, right? effectively. And yeah. uh, now it turns out that they actually had consultants on hand that would loosely give you some advice and tell you what to do and they had some auditors that would halfway audit you but just enough to feel like you got something for the money well there's a very very large organization i won't name it unless you want me to but um (laughs) it's a it's a it's it's the most sophisticated uh certificate mill operation in the world Mm -hmm. they're out of the uk but they operate in the united states and they they certified a heroin smuggling ring with iso 9000 and um, they're very, very upset that I reported on this. And I, I, <laughs> so the, the, the British press broke the news that this, this company had been smuggling uh, heroin inside furniture and that the company was a, was a, a front. The owners were arrested and, and they're in prison. So this is a fact. This is, you know, went through wow. the courts. They were arrested, convicted, and imprisoned. And, um, and yet they boasted an ISO certificate. And then I was the one who broke the story on who issued the cer- certificate. Wow. The, the company uh, is connected with another organization, uh, which I can name. It's a reputable organization, the British Quality Foundation. And the British Quality Foundation had, uh, you know, had awarded this, this certificate mill its, its annual award for a couple of years running. And the British Quality Foundation is, uh, has as its patron the, the princess of, of England, the, the, the daughter of the Queen of England, Princess mm-hmm. Anne. Oh, wow. And so this was traceable back to them, and I, I contacted the princess and her, royal, her, her, her spokesperson and said, you know, the princess's name is kind of tied up in this because they're, you know, all oh, this wow. is... And they uh, were trying to take some action. They were not happy about this, that oh, my this certificate mill, very prominent, had issued a, uh, an ISIS cert to a heroin smuggling ring. Um, oh but they gosh. don't care who they issue it to. So clearly yeah. it was never an audit done. Uh, right. It was yeah. just, you know, somebody paid the money and they gave them. Yeah. And I think I think recently the website finally got shut down. But even after these people had been convicted and put in prison, they were still advertising their ISO cert. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, or alternatively, let's give them fair, let's give them fair time. The other argument is that the heroin was really good. 
Okay, that also is a or possibility. Or well hidden. Yeah. yeah. Is well hidden. Oh, <laughs> man. They did a very good job of smuggling. Now, one thing I run into a lot is folks say, well, we don't want to be ISO certified. We just want to be compliant. And this is one of the reasons people throw the, the compliance argument out there. Um, I always object to the compliance argument because I've never actually seen a company that boasted they were ISO compliant exactly. that had a system that was worth anything. Um, what's your kind of take on that, that you know, this is the way that some people feel about the industry? Uh, I see less of that now. I used to see more of that. I'm seeing less now. The majority of my clients are coming to me and they, they pursue certification and 90% of them are pursuing it because the customer told them they had to do it. So they're they're mandated. Um, the client I happen to be working with uh, in Texas right now is a rare outlier where they're pursuing it because they want to. It's interesting, but that's an outlier. Uh, and I see less of the, the just declare compliance. It, the ones who, for me, the ones who are gonna pursue compliance, they just self, they just self-declare. Mm-hmm. They don't even hire a consultant. So if, they, if you have somebody who's willing to spend money on a consultant, that's not terrible. That means right. that they're putting some money into it. They got mm-hmm. some skin in the game. So that's cool. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm mixed because I don't think that self-declaration is a good thing. Uh, I can tell you I'm a genius, and I am. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I am. <laughs> but and I really, a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah, but I, I really <laughs> I really am a genius. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, self-declaration doesn't really mean anything. So I think they should pursue certification. But now I'm so deep into the into the conflicts right. and corruption in the certificate. Certific- we have to fix the certification scheme because it is just really, really bad. Uh, so not so sure now. If they can get away with self-declaring and their customers are happy, then and if they're happy and, and if they really are compliant, they're not faking. Yeah. Then I guess that's cool. You know, yeah. But if they're faking it, no, nah, they should yeah. either quit or get certified. No, I agree. I agree with yeah. that. Um, what about registrars, different certifying bodies? Is it so much of a difference in the certifying body, or maybe the country they're operating from, or the auditors that they've got? What really, in your experience, because you obviously know way more about this side of things than I do, what um, what's the distinguishing factor? How do you know if it's if it's good or not when you're going for certification? Um, so my, my studies and, and work has been primarily focused on the United States, uh, the UK, and a few other countries. I'm delving more into India. India is admittedly uh, a nightmare. It's, <laughs> it really is. Um, and I've been writing, I'm going to have some more articles coming out on that, um, that they just can't seem to control it. The government's lost control and they, it's... And China's bad. China's really bad. The government there is in control, and they're right. public. They're well, just printing fake the certificates. Question I was going to ask. But within the United States, and, and um, uh, the, the unfortunate thing that I found is it's relatively consistent. It almost doesn't matter which registrar. They're all operating in non-compliance with the accreditation rules, okay. and they're getting away with it. Uh, and that's because of the financial structure of how this scheme works. The client pays their auditor, mm-hmm. right? The registrar. The registrar pays their accreditation body, and the accreditation body pays some some fees to the IAF, which is the overseeing body of all of this. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's paying their own traffic cop, uh, and therefore you can't get honest policing um, because the people at the top have the most financial skin in the game. They have the most to lose, mm-hmm. so they have the least incentive to carry out their official responsibilities, and so they just don't. Yeah, they completely don't, and um, and it's a real shame. So, 
it allows the registrars to pretty much do whatever they want, and they do. I mean, they just now you have a few out there that are okay. Um, I th- and I always say it's just like you're choosing which medieval dentist you want. You know, <laughs> they're all going to be terrible, but maybe one's less terrible than the other. Yeah. And I think that what it's come down to now, the best approach to select a registrar is to find the auditor that you like. Uh, the, the individual, that man or woman that you can work right. with. The problem there is that clients mistake that for the guy who's easiest. And that results in the problem we have where companies who don't deserve ISO get ISO and then they kill people with defective products. That's not what I mean. Right. I mean, I want that guy who's, or girl who's gonna come in here and and uh, you know beat me up, yeah. tell me the honest truth, but also don't consult. Don't, don't consult during the audit. That's, yeah. They're not allowed to do that, and they, 100% of them do. Don't do that. But if you've got a legitimate finding, tell me what it is, and then I could fix it, and that's gold. Right. Right. Um, but it's a tough. It's a tough. No, it is, and and I can speak to that because I, I do some of the uh, third party audits and the not. Sorry consulting. to hear that. <laughs> I, did, I did not know that. Yeah, not Why consulting. Not? I should have the... burst into flames when I walked in here. Then <laughs> it's like a vampire going to church. No, I um. Well, you know, maybe we can have some of these conversations uh, offline, but yeah. uh, you know. I, I'm real particular about um, who I audit with, and this is part of it. Is some of it's just I'm giving you my audit, and I'm, I'm going to do it to almost to my standard, document it the way that they want it documented. But I'm going to give you a good audit. But that not do not consult piece that is the single hardest part because when you've got that quality manager who's only been in the job six months sitting there squirming and he doesn't know what to do, and you just got to keep quiet and say, well. You need to fix it. <laughs> yeah, that is the hardest thing to do. Um, but no, the, uh, the third-party audits are—they're um, a totally different ball game. Totally different ball game. And part of the problem that I've run into with conducting them is—is is obviously get to see what the last auditor did, and the the quality of audit between the auditors varies so much and i'm sure i'm part of that variation because there's so little standard about how i'm supposed to audit yeah um and i had that problem when i first started with a with one of them is they wanted me to do like these 17 hours of e-learnings where i'm watching some goofy video in a, a powerpoint and i'm sitting there thinking like this is just an absolute waste of my time um and then so they had me do a witness audit but they were you know maybe not the uh what i'd expected them to be now you were being witnessed, or you were witnessed? Yeah, being witnessed. Yeah. yeah, and so that's at least a decent step in the process. But I've been approached by other um, registrars whom I've just outright said no to. That no, I will not audit for you, um, yeah. because I've I've run across their audits, and it's just it's it's really ridiculous the stuff that they pass, um, and it's as if you know every corrective action gets approved, and the uh, the requirement for evidence to prove that it was effective is it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and that's interesting. So I have, most of the time, the problem I'm seeing is that clients are passing, and now they're passing with zero nonconformities. That's a new trend. Everybody seems to be <clears throat> reporting that, you know, we got zero nonconformities. That's a problem. But then we saw recently this other problem where I had a client that approached me. They were not one of my previous clients. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were certified for years, and I know who their auditor was, and he's a lightweight. And they didn't have non, many nonconformities. They mm-hmm. had one year where they had a major, and they closed it. Right, and this was AS ninety one hundred for aerospace, and so on. And then uh, they switched auditors, mm-hmm. and the new auditor came in, and he wrote up twenty three <laughs> nonconformities yep. with yeah. 
I, now I'm going to forget the number, but 14 majors. And how Ooh. do you go from zero to that? Uh-huh. Right. Right. And how do you even have 14 uh-huh. majors? Because there's only how many clauses of the standards, so, uh, you know. And the but the registrar dug in. They're mm-hmm. not they're not budging. They they were claiming it was a. Now I believe the auditor doesn't work there anymore. So something went on behind the scenes. Right. But um, so the the client had to clean that up and then and then fired them and got a different registrar. Well, I've done um, that before. That's wildly where, inconsistent. Yeah, something's I've, wrong. I've left with more than 20 findings and people are just sitting there you know their eyes popping out of their sockets at the closing meeting of course we've been going through the whole time but um yeah the uh, the zero nonconformities talk about it it's, it's just it's well, we mess. do it we do a deep dive audit thing where we'll be two people going in even if it's a small company but or a medium-sized company we just spend a week there so you're talking like 10 man days of auditing mm-hmm. and in those we come away with easily over a hundred Mm-hmm. Over a hundred, but that's where the client again. We're not. I'm not a registrar. Right. They want us. They say write up everything. Yep. You know, and we do that. And some of the companies. I mean, some of these are really, really serious. And, and when you come away, let's let's say that a third of them are serious. A thirty something nonconformities that are really serious. And then you look at their their registrar audits, and year after year they got nothing, nothing, nothing. And then yeah. they look at me like, you know, well, why didn't he find that? The other the registrar. I, said, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you know, because your check cleared. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. No, I, I, I get it. I, I see it with other folks that I've audited with, and and I, you know, I have the fear myself. Is you know, if if I hit them with too many findings, and I don't really care much because I'm not relying on the income, but if I hit them with too many findings, you know, how many complaints, you know, how many um, challenges to my findings are they going to have to have for the red charges? Says, hey, um, we just won't ask you to audit no more. Yeah, I think that's the problem, is the scheme uh, helps the lowest common denominator succeed. I mean, the auditors who are going to not write up anything get good re- reviews from clients, mm-hmm. uh, and then they, they succeed. The ones who are going out and maybe doing an honest job and beating them up um, with honest findings uh, don't get those, and so that's a problem. Uh, and then you have the other extreme where a guy comes in and he writes up, you know, 23. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and in that case, the guy was literally had the client crying. They were... They were, they were Literally, he was so abusive that they were actually you know, sobbing during the yeah. audit and, and shaking. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, and that was an ANAB witness audit. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I don't know what ANAB was doing. <laughs> doing that wow. part of it. But uh, uh, maybe they did something behind the scenes. I'm assuming yeah. they did because they probably did. They're not going to they're not going to resolve that in front of anybody. But wow. Um, uh, but you do have that other. But that's rare. I mean, the, the common thing now is you, is drive by audits. Uh, the auditor comes in. Puts mm-hmm. on a show and down. You know, you, yep. you get a couple findings. They make it sound like it's the end of the world. They do a whole lot of consulting on the side. They say, "I'm not going to write this up, so you write it up," which is code for yep. "I don't want a record of what I'm about to tell you." Yep. Um, and uh, and everybody and everybody passes. And then later, that company is found to have sold, you know, uh, like Takata airbags. They turn into hand grenades uh, mm-hmm. and blow off your face. Uh, you know, how did they get ISO certified? Um, the Deepwater Horizon rig blew up and killed 11 people. And worst man-made natural mm-hmm. you know, environmental disaster in human history. How did they have ISO? These organizations, yeah. that shouldn't happen. No. Um, and in the many cases where these disasters happen and then the next year the auditor goes in and gives them a cert again? Yeah. What? <laughs> that yeah. should not yeah. be the case. Yeah. But see, that responsibility, I don't, um, I've not heard that from anyone else. I've not heard that from other auditors that I've worked with. No one sees that responsibility on the job that they do. It's just, I'm, I'm here to do the audit. Yeah. And no, no, you, you are here to certify for tens of thousands of people that this company is going to provide something that works properly and safely. Yeah. That's a big deal. So registrars all offer the identical same service, right? They're supposed to come in, audit, 
and issue findings and either grant a certificate or take a cert away. Mm-hmm. It's, the ident- it's the only thing they're accredited for, and it's identical. So if you're in a business where everybody's doing the same thing, how do you market yourself as a, through a differentiator? How do you make yourself, you know, oh, what I do is different? And so what all the auditors started doing was they started to use the term value-add. Mm-hmm. We're a value-added registrar. And now it's become a joke uh, because <laughs> it's kind of like the Japanese teen thing. Uh, Japanese teens, you know, uh, everybody in Japan obviously has dark hair, and so the Japanese teens started to rebel by, by dyeing their hair, hair and they, they dye it like this orange blonde color. Well, now all the Japanese teens have orange blonde hair, and they're, not, they're all the same. <laughs> they're, and not they're, not, yeah. they're not unique anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens with the, the registrars. They're all... I think I think I did a study and it was almost like every, almost every single o- a registrar operating in the U.S. has the word value add on their <laughs> website, really? uh, and they do that by suggesting that oh we're going to wink wink consult, all right, and uh, that's a you know that's kind of a problem, and um, well that was my point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and that's one thing that um, I, I'd like your opinion on this is a couple of registrars I've talked to, They sometimes the sales guys have consultants that they'll recommend folks to go to. Mm-hmm. And I can see how there could be conflict of interest there. I can also see how it could be... Um, or in my case, where the sales guy says, don't hire Chris. And if, <laughs> and if you hire Oxbridge, you're going to have problems, and that happens. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I could see it going the other way, though, to build um, confidence in some of these registrars, because if they have some consultants that they can recommend to, where there's no money being exchanged between the two, just kind of trusting goodwill, which I know is not the best way to do business, but it can help. Um, in any case, to where you've got someone that's tough coming in to do your internal audit, you've got someone that's tough coming in to do the consultation work. Now your third-party auditor, who has to be objective, can truly be objective because there's some support elsewhere to help these folks out. Because yeah. I think that's part of a fear as a, uh, a third-party auditors. I'm going to hit them with these findings and they ain't got a clue how to fix it. Yeah, that's true. That shouldn't be their worry, though. The auditor should just write the findings and leave. And if it means taking the cert away, it means taking the cert away. I mean, that's the thing that registrars don't want to do. If they take a cert away, they lose money. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if I've got a client who's certified and, and they're not certified tomorrow, then there's the there's the likelihood they're just going to let their cert lapse, and now they're not paying that registrar anymore. Yep. So nobody wants to do that, and that's and why suspensions that happen, and controls are very low. I had that happen once. I went to do the audit, and they were just absolutely not prepared. Just. Mm-hmm. hadn't done anything apparently their, their quality manager quit a couple of months ago fired something somewhere in between i didn't really find stick around long enough to find out and so i called up you know my contact and said hey look they they have nothing i said you know and we went through the list of all the records i tried to gather in that first hour and there's there's nothing there mm-hmm. she's like well see if you can put an audit report together i'm like how am I going to put an audit report together? So I, I sent a, a one-page audit report back that said could not audit anything. Yeah. Signed it, and, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Um, but no one was um, prepared for that, which I found very interesting. I would think that would happen often enough that they would be like, okay, well, here's the uh, procedure you need to follow since you can't complete the audit. So I worked for a registrar in the early days for about ten minutes, and, and, I, and I, I didn't do it for I didn't continue it for two reasons. One is he can't consult, and I had a hard time turning that button it's off. Hard. Right, yeah. it really is hard. Real yeah. hard. It is hard, but you have to do it. But you know you can't. So I just didn't like it because I would give bad news. But also the first two companies that I did were both major nonconformities within the first ten minutes. I walked in the door, and the first company had done no internal audits. So that right. it's <laughs> simple, right? Yeah. The second company, uh, I walked out, and we walked in plant uh, plant floor, and we found some 400 uncontrolled documents literally 400 some of them were written in pencil and everything 
And I even gave them a, I gave them an opportunity. I said, well, you know, these are, are these old. Maybe they're not being used anymore. And they said, no, we're using them. Instant okay. major. Um, and they and they both had hired consultants, and uh, but the consultants were new and they were yeah. newbies, and, and, and I felt terrible about it. And that was it. I just uh, and I came away from those experiences feeling really terrible. And, uh, and I said, I don't think I want to do that part. Plus, yeah. the pay's not that good. The consulting gig's better. <laughs> you know, the auditing is good to fill the fill the time, but I don't I don't want to do it. So, but I yeah I know that feeling of going in and writing in the me- you know the, the first five minutes. You know they have uh-huh. nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What do you do? And you do. Yeah. You don't need to spend the four days to know what the audit's going to be like. Yeah. It's just we're filling in the details as we go yeah. by. Yeah. yeah. The problem is you're scheduled at that point. You're, you know, what do you do? Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to have to wrap up pretty quick. But oh, before bummer. we do, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, you say you have a long game plan. Can that be revealed? Yeah, like, sure. So the plan is, uh, it's not a secret or anything. It's um, the the... I can only deal with it in the United States because I can't be in more than one country at once. But um, the plan is to um, twofold. Um, the the CEO of ANSI, the American National Standards mm-hmm. Institute, which basically oversees both the the certification scheme and the, the development of standards in the United States. Right. He testified before the U.S. Congress, the uh, House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology, that everything was cool. I want that committee to recall him and ask him pointed questions on how all these companies can be redoing things that are killing right. people and uh, still be certified thereafter. And then uh, as, a, as a bonus, I think I need to go and testify myself and to provide them this, uh, you know, we have now 80, 80 active investigations or closed investigations in cases where uh, a cert, you know, a certified company was involved in a crime or released a deadly product or something like that, and 80 of them. And wow. now not all of those are traceable in the United States, So, but three quarters of those are all ANSI uh, right. linked somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think Congress needs to have that information. And then at that point, I would recommend to Congress that we have a, um, we take a pause and we call for a, a, a 10-year moratorium on requiring ISO or AS or any of these certs in any government contract. Mm. Um, and then that will continue, uh, be extended for five years every time until either ANSI gets its act together or if ANSI cannot get its act together, then we have to take ANSI's role away from it and give it to someone else, possibly NIST or somebody like that. Makes but sense. the way the, to starve the beast would be the way to get attention. Once they, once yeah. uh, ANSI and the various uh, accreditation bodies and registrars uh, stop getting work, uh, right. then I think they'll clean up their house. Uh, that's usually how it works. Yeah. I, I have one last question before we go, because especially after this conversation, if folks listening might be curious about this. How do you know if a registration or a certifying body is any good. How would you go about selecting someone? You know, the customer is requiring you have to get it. So if you want to continue working and operating, how what would someone go look for when they're shopping? It really is. A, you're asking the wrong guy. It's really a tough question. And I'm, uh, everybody has their you know opinion like, oh, I know this registrar. I really like him. But then you'll get the bad auditor from that registrar. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's 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 Russian roulette. It is. Uh, if you happen to know, you know, maybe ask around, and if you have another company says, "Yeah, I know mm-hmm. a guy, and he's pretty good," then that individual auditor then hire that company, maybe. Gotcha. But um, it's Russian roulette. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that, unfortunately. No. That's, yeah, and that's even fair if enough. the other company recommends them, it's like you said, it could have just been because the auditor was super easy and mm-hmm. found yeah. zero nonconformity. Yeah. Right. So you don't know that you're getting a valid audit. Well, that kind of goes along with what I've said before, that uh, some of the CBs are maybe better than others, but a lot of it depends on the auditor. And you really need to, in my opinion, interview the auditor before you agree to have them come out and certify your product. Right. Um, And if you're a company that truly cares about quality, you're going to ask 
the tough questions of the auditor as well. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no, but I'm available on Thursday nights for surgery. Um, you know, <laughs> Sounds good. Pretty much any part of the body, I can do it. That's what my, my degree says. The, the plumbing, uh, uh, plumbing and surgery is all the same thing. Yeah. It really yeah. is connected. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. So are, are we competitors here? Probably. You're an ISO 9001 consultant. Yeah, yeah but I mean, <laughs> it's such a big market that it's... That That's been my theory. Today, I, like, I, never, I never would attack competitors because I always said there's enough work out there that you and I could be working, our children, our grandchildren, and we'll yep. ever bump into each other. Yep. Yeah. The only reason I started pecking at some consultants now is because basically they're thieves. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally bumped into them and, uh, yep. yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of been my consensus. Now, when it comes to the software side of things that we also do, there's a little, I wouldn't say a little less room, but th there's far fewer folks that want offer software. software and far fewer folks that, that want it. So it's a little different game there. Nice, <laughs> if you're nice to people, it comes back. Yeah. Uh, if I you're not, sometimes it's not. All okay. right, Kyle so what does do we do? have one rule for today because I think we're going to talk bad about some certifying bodies. Just want to try to avoid using too many names. Oh, we don't have to name names. Okay. I don't think. <laughs> I got a, well, you can always beat me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> have you done that yet? No, no, that, no. that would so be fun. So I'll try to uh, not uh, swear. <laughs> That's not bad. That's happened. We don't, no. you know, we don't no. prohibit We're that. We're technically clean, but... It, YouTube gives, not YouTube, um, iTunes gives you a lot of freedom within that clean lyrics realm. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm not, yeah. You'll see. <laughs> so um, this right. is where I'm speaking? Yeah, and it should be picking up fine. You don't have to talk directly yeah, okay. to it just as long as it's yeah. generally there. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I think we're ready. Are you recording?